You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This is Greg Selburn, and you're listening to Profiles in CRM. Welcome to Profiles in CRM, episode 21. I'm your host, Chris Webster. Profiles in CRM asks CRM professionals eight simple questions. The answers vary wildly depending on their experience and education. Because of the nature of contract archaeology and how small this field really is, some people choose not to reveal their name or the company they work for. Stay to the end of the show to hear how you can have a chance to answer these same questions. All right, we're back on Profiles. So what is your name and who do you work for? My name is Greg Selburn, and I work for a variety of uh, firms here in the Midwest, Floor and Cultural Resources, uh, 106 Group, KCRG, and Midwest Art Consultants. Okay. And how long have you been working in CRM? Uh, just one year, actually. Nice. Um, so you graduated in 2014 in May, I assume? Um, no, actually, I graduated with a bachelor's in 1985 in uh, criminal justice. Um, I started looking into archaeology in um, 2009. I went back to school and I took some undergrad classes in archaeology and anthropology. And then I applied to the master's program at St. Cloud State University for the master's degree in CRM. Um, I've been going to school part-time since then. I uh, retired from my full-time government job in 2012. And uh, right now I'm uh, finishing off my thesis um, for the CRM program, and I should gra- I should descend next fall. Awesome, sounds good. All right, so what is the uh, in, in your relatively short time in CRM now? Um, what is the position you usually have in CRM, and what is the highest position you've ever held on a project? And I just mean you know field tech, crew chief, etc. I'm working as a tech now, although I do do some. You know, I guess I'm I'm my own crew chief when I do some subcontracting. I have all my own tools and equipment. So I do do some subcontracting work, um, which is basically you just, you know, do, still working for somebody who's a PI, but I go out and physically survey the area, dig the holes, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I handle a lot of the equipment um, for one of the companies that I work for. I do screen repair um, and artifact processing and some of that kind of stuff also. And you mentioned you're a Midwestern archaeologist. Uh, where, what states have you worked in specifically? Um, primarily in Wisconsin and Minnesota. I've done some work also in Iowa and in Illinois. Um, I have my thesis work is going to be on a site in Nebraska. Okay. What's your thesis on? My thesis is an examination of uh, licit debitage uh, um, at the Hudson Bank site in Nebraska. We're looking at uh, change over time, uh, lithic sourcing across the plains, that kind of thing. Looking at movement, change, and trying to relate it to the previously identified um, cultural levels there at the Hudson Lake. That sounds pretty interesting. I've been thinking about starting a new podcast because uh, I have four seconds of free time available during the week. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I thought uh, talking to people about their projects and getting a little in-depth on their thesis and stuff like that would be a good idea. And that sounds like a really interesting one. Okay. What is the best thing that's happened to you that's related to being an archaeologist? Um, I guess actually just getting started, getting going. Um, you know, I had gone to, uh, the year I retired, you know, the first time I went to the field was 2012, and I did uh, two consecutive um, field schools that year, um, for credit and one just as volunteer to get as much field time in. And I did some uh, uh, variety of um, volunteer projects, either local or with the feds, um, 
And to, to gain more experience, then last spring, I uh, applied for a job, and uh, I applied with several companies, and I finally got out and got working, which is good. I mean, um, usually at 52 years old, you're not, the, you're not the ideal candidate people are looking for. So it, it took a little convincing to get people to believe I was you know, still able and ready to go out there and do that kind of physical labor out there. Right, right. Another question here. What is the biggest thing that you would change that would make being a CRM archaeologist better? I would like to see uh, a better national database for the reports that everybody's turning in. Um, the very area reports, I think, we're just losing a lot of data, and a lot of data is not being passed back and forth um, across the archaeological community. Um, it would be nicer if there were ways that people could, could access that across the, the inter, you know, interstate or just within the state to find out uh, more readily be able to access the information of the data. We're gathering a lot of data and we're writing a lot of reports that just aren't getting read and aren't getting transferred to the um, academic community or and they're not really available. It'd be nicer if there was some sort of a national digital database for that kind of a thing. Well, there is something that's spreading out in your direction. It's called the DINA Project, um, Digital Index of North American Archaeology. Uh, it encompasses a lot of the southeastern states right now. And it is exactly that. It's a digital database of multiple states um, and all the information in there. So as they come online and they uh, consume more states into their program, hopefully uh, hopefully that will increase our, our data research potential. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Otherwise, we're making a lot of reports that just really don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so what is your it's this is an interesting question since you've retired from one career already. Um what is your career goal in CRM? Well after I finish my masters, um I want to keep working for other people. I, I do eventually want to move into doing more of the report writing and or doing more projects on my own to sort of you know, in order to be able to spend less time in the field and more time working ideally from home doing the report writing end of it. Um but, I mean, I plan to keep working until, uh, I don't know, until I can't get out of the house anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, not a, I'm not big on just sitting around doing, doing nothing. But uh, yeah. I like this career because it, I don't need at this point in time to necessarily be employed year-round. So, um, you know, the fact that it's a seasonal work and gives a part of the year off, I really I, I, I do like that because then I can engage with some of my other activities that I enjoy doing. I make jewelry, I do music, that kind of stuff. Nice. All right, final question. If you could give an undergrad thinking about CRM one piece of advice, what would that be? Do your field school very, very early. Um, during the summer, when I did do field schools in 2012, um, I was surprised so many kids were doing that as their last part of their senior year. So, you know, excuse me, one of the field schools, a field school in Nebraska, out of Hudson, Maine. Now, that was six weeks of camping. So that was probably a lot more grueling than the other field school I did, which has actually occurred on the campus at St. Cloud on the historical site. So the two were radically different in the, time, in the type of commitment it took to be in the field. But even with the school, with the field school in at St. Cloud, the historical school where you know, you had access to bathrooms, you got to go home every night, you could just go over to the subway and get lunch. There were still kids showing up who just apparently hadn't hooked into their head yet. They, when you're digging in the ground, you're going to be bit by ants. It's going to be hot. It's going to be dirty. 
And if you're not into that aspect of it, then you're going to have, you're not going to finish, you're not going to, obviously not going to have a career in CRM. Um, there were kids that showed up for Hudson Bay and were really, really, really uncomfortable with being away from home for that long. That's another going to be a huge problem if you're in CRM. People are thinking about this, you will probably want to get out and do a field school as early as you can, and then maybe try to transfer that field school into additional um, either volunteer work, or maybe you could get hooked up to somebody's crew during the summers and, and doing some work as you go. Um, getting that experience very early in the career to make sure this is what you want to do before you you know, spend your whole bachelor's dollars on a career that may or may not be suitable for you, I think would be the best idea. Okay, we've got Jordan from The Art of Charm back with us. Jordan, what have you had on The Art of Charm podcast lately? Actually, we had a lot of really interesting guests lately. I've had a bunch of entrepreneurs come on and talk about their mindsets and methodologies for getting ahead and kind of keeping the hustle going even when you don't feel like it. I had a guy come on and talk about self-defense, but not from like a how-to perspective, but more of the mindset of somebody who survives deadly attacks, which I thought was really interesting. And we had the founder of Pencils of Promise, which is a really large charity that builds schools in third world countries, come and talk about actually making your kind of your passion, for lack of a better word, happen in reality. He used to be a finance guy and he bounced and started this uber successful charity. So we talk about that process as well. And uh, we've actually had some people come on and talk about networking. One of the guys that talked about it was a military special forces guy who was in Afghanistan. And he's talking about how he built relationships with people in the Taliban and things like that to save lives. So if he can do it, we can do it for business and academic purposes, of course. Great, yeah, I've heard a few of those already. And that Pencils for Promise one was uh, was incredibly inspiring. So what have you got coming up for the month of April? Uh, I've actually got a bunch of really talented guests coming in. I've got Gretchen Rubin. She's going to come up real soon where she's actually talking about happiness and how your brain works and how your brain measures happiness and things we can do day to day, actual habits to help make us quote unquote happier. I've got this guy, Nev Medora. He's a friend of mine, but he talks about crashing parties, not just for the sake of quote unquote crashing the party and getting into an exclusive event, but using that to sort of meet important people and that's a really useful skill set even if you don't plan on crashing parties he has some really good sort of life hacky ideas that go along with it and i've got simon sinek coming on to talk about leadership he actually helped develop the zappos culture and is a, a business thought leader of the highest caliber and last but not least i have olivia fox cabane author of the charisma myth she's actually going to be talking about the brain science involved in her new book that's coming out like a year from now but we get a sneak peek at that as well and that's uh that's all coming up in april awesome well be sure to check out the art of charm podcast wherever you find podcasts when the show is over you can find them also at www.artofcharm.com Show notes for this and all episodes can be found on the Archaeology Podcast Network website at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash profiles. At that page, you'll also find a form that you can fill out so you can be interviewed on the show. Interviews take less than 30 minutes and you don't need any special equipment. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the field. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. 
Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.